Welcome back to the Australian Fund Monitor's Meet the Manager series. DAT Capital is a Melbourne-based, Australian-focused long equity manager. Their fund, the DAT Capital Absolute Return Fund, was started in August 2018, and since then has posted some impressive returns, especially over the 12 months to the end of September 2020, with the fund outperforming the ASX 200 total return index by over 46%. One of the reasons for the strong outperformance has been the fund's excellent up and down market capture rates. And the fund has performed exceptionally well in both up and down markets, living up to its absolute return mantra. I'm joined today by Emmanuel Datt, the founder and principal of Datt Capital, to talk a little more about the fund. Emmanuel, thanks for joining me. The fund has performed exceptionally well coming out of the market low point in March this year. Can you tell us a little bit more about how you've generated such strong outperformance? Sure. Thanks for having us, Stephen. So there were a few things uh, that worked in our favour post-March or, or during that sort of market downturn. Uh, there, were, there were three main factors. Uh, there were sort of the experience having gone through similar market downturns in the past, uh, taking a rational, practical approach uh, so sort of looking at the market data and uh, the magnitude of the downturn itself and being agile in uh, our portfolio approach itself. So I'll probably elaborate on those uh, slightly. So in, in terms of experience, we'd invested throughout the dark days of the GFC. So we knew uh, what an emotional experience uh, investing in the down market was all about. So, um, uh, you know, between the 21st of Feb and the 23rd of March, the ASX 200, it fell uh, 36%. And this was, um, you know, uh, for context, you know, the ASX 200 fell 53% during the GFC from top to bottom. However, this fall was over 18 months. So to fall 36% uh, in a little over 30 days was without precedent in Australian markets itself. And uh, so, so uh, in looking at it in that context, we knew that mean reversion over time was almost an absolute certainty given the magnitude of the fall in such a short time frame. And uh, we recognised opportunity for what it was, which was the perfect environment for a skilled active investor to thrive in. And um, yeah, so then moving on to uh, sort of the rationality <laughs> uh, perspective uh, or factor, I should say, yeah. is um, so at the time there was a lot of fear around uh, COVID generally, uh, given uh, all, all the information coming out of China and Italy at the time. So um, at the time it was estimated that the mortality rate was somewhere between 2 to 5%, uh, which we thought was uh, quite an overestimation, you know, given uh, that there were difficulties in diagnosing, you know, non-symptomatic and also people who had recovered uh, from COVID itself. So uh, to us, the only uh, real unknown was how the Australian and state governments would respond uh, to this crisis. And um, once we observed that the federal government was providing stimulus to the economy itself, uh, we felt the catalyst was in place for further market upside and uh, market stability overall. Um, we were very quick to cut non-core positions and uh, buy more exposure to high beta stocks uh, close to the bottom. Um, we didn't quite pick the bottom, but uh, we're close enough to, to do quite well out of it. And uh, that the penny really dropped when we realised that many stocks that we'd been watching uh, for years but had always considered too expensive were now trading 
within our valuation ranges, which is, uh, which is quite unusual. Mm. So um, accordingly, we were able to deploy our cash holdings into what we considered quite low risk opportunities uh, in, in terms of valuation, as well as uh, recycle capital a bit more quickly than we would typically as the market rebounded from its lows. So we were able to uh, ride that market upside and uh, uh, continue to do so quite successfully. In my introduction, I mentioned the fund's low down capture ratio, and you have an emphasis on capital preservation, which is evidenced by this low down capture ratio. What are some of the things you focus on as a team to manage this? So since inception, we've managed to capture 140% of the index upside, whilst only 54% of the index downside, uh, which is what you um, uh, make reference to. Mm. So a lot of it really stems from uh, our flexible and dynamic approach towards asset allocation and, uh, you know, taking a multi-asset investment approach itself. So uh, this is, uh, uh, I guess you could probably say this is a part of our, our style of investing itself, given that uh, uh, we're a large investor in the fund itself. So we, we want to ensure we have a conservative nature uh, in terms of our portfolio construction itself. We sort of invest selectively in fixed income instruments whilst leaning uh, towards growth equities and special situations uh, for our equity allocations. Mm -hmm. And um, we tend to hold uh, a greater allocation uh, of cash than yeah, a typical fund. So uh, the overall effect of that is we tend to carry far less equity market exposure and, and uh, therefore risk than a typical mm -hmm. equity fund, whilst trying to achieve similar or greater returns by exposure to asymmetric uh, opportunities uh, like in our uh, equity investments. So, um, you know, consequently, that's led to some, some high quality outcomes. There are a lot of differing views on how the next six to 12 months play out and the impending US election will have an influence one way or the other. How are you positioning the portfolio for what is a relatively uncertain future? I think, David, we're, we're pretty much going to stick to our knitting, keep doing what we're doing. Um, we think that uh, the state of markets over the next 12, uh, yeah, six to 12 months will depend a lot on government policy going forward. Um, you know, for instance, in March, when um, you know, governments became active in financial markets just for the sole purpose of stabilising the market, I mean, uh, to us, it doesn't make sense <laughs> to stand in front of a train. <laughs> you know, you, you, you tend to... Um, you know, while you do accept that uh, government intervention is generally only a short-term measure, uh, you know, our, um, our way of thinking is that you have to really raise your sails and capture as much wind as you can uh, mm. rather than try and fight <laughs> against um, uh, a tailwind, I guess. Mm. Um, yeah, so, so I think that, you know, there's no secret that uh, governments are, are sort of um, bearing a lot more on their balance sheets so that effectively de debasing their respective currencies. So we're sort of expecting, uh, you know, over the next 12 months or, or even on a longer term basis that um, there's going to be more of flight or more demand for real assets. And, um, you know, we, we think gradually over time that commodity prices will, will escalate um, purely as a result of decreased supply uh, given the COVID situation. And uh, also rises in demand as, as uh, you know, societies reopen and people mm. want to get out and live their lives after being locked up for so long. Um, 
Yeah, so uh, uh, I'm in Victoria. I should <laughs> I should mention. <laughs> so um, you know, we're we're feeling it uh, more than anyone in Australia, and uh, mm. yeah. So I, I think that you know we 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 our our belief is we can't time markets, but we do know that markets move in anticipation of future events, which mm. is uh, which is something that we saw. Uh, demonstrated in real time uh, in, in the March and uh, you know, the consequent re-rate. So um, we will always try and invest in sectors where we anticipate uh, a tailwind will be present, uh, yeah, via the simple laws of supply and demand. Uh, you know, in terms of portfolio allocation going forward, um, we still intend on maintaining our approach of you know, achieving a, a fine balance between growth and defensive assets and, and staying disciplined um, yeah, so I think that, um, uh, yeah, in many ways, you know, the mar- as we've seen, I mean, the last 12 months has really been an eye-opener um, uh, for many investors out there. 12 months ago, everyone was all about uh, the, how great low-cost passive investments were, uh, you know, via the form of ETFs and, and the like. So, uh, you know, I think in many ways, you know, markets are uh, cyclical, like nature, so you really have to um, achieve sound return and capture the market upside when it's available. And uh, effectively that will get you through the hard times. That's, that's always been our, uh, you know, our, our philosophy. So um, uh, we feel that for investors out there, you know, uh, a big risk is not being able to generate a sufficient return uh, during uh, good time, good market, good stable times in the market. And, uh, you know, it's a real opportunity cost, we believe. As I mentioned in the introduction, you've had particularly strong performance since inception and over the last months. Emmanuel, thanks for joining me today and good luck for the future. No worries. Thanks, Damon. Thank you. Thanks.